Welcome, everybody, to our Take the Points College Football Podcast National Championship Game Preview. This is Tom. I'm here with Ryan and Dan in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been placed on the IR for this week. I had an emergency surgery, and I can barely talk. I'm still recovering. So it's all going to fall on Dan and Ryan for our big National Championship Game Preview. I'm going to toss it over immediately to my co-host, Dan. Tell me what you thought about the semifinals, and then uh, we'll toss to Ryan for the same. Sure. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Semifinals were incredible. It was eight hours of perfect peak college football. TCU finds a way to beat Michigan. They score on two pick sixes, a long touchdown play. Um, Michigan made some questionable decisions. Um, all, you know, pretty much the whole game. And, you know, um, you know, obviously it started with that weird fourth and one call early, but just some of their schemes were strange and you know, a little bit unlucky with the, with the long touchdown being called back and they fought back, but they couldn't hold off TCU props for TCU for holding on. And then the other game, uh, my God, uh, Ohio state played a near flawless game. I thought um, CJ Stroud played as well as I've seen him play ever. He actually used his feet and ran. He was throwing ropes all over the field. Um, but it's Georgia. Even down 14 points in the second half, they just stayed calm, stayed the course, found a way to win, and escaped thanks to a shank field goal. And uh, now we got um, you know, a great classic underdog story here in the final. You know, can TCU have a magical hour of football one more time or is Georgia just too strong? So really good storyline. And a nice cap to a fun season of crazy bowl games. Uh, There was a lot of nonsense that went down props to the Pitt Panthers for beating UCLA. That was the highlight, I believe of the bowl season never cut out Nardog or anyone from Pitt for that matter. And uh, on to the national title game. Ryan, go right ahead. Yeah, Dan, good good recap. That was uh, kind of covered everything. It's just it's points. I mean, that's the story of the weekend last weekend. It's just points on points on points uh, for people who are NFL guys who finally watch like their first college football of the year. That's that's what we watch all year round. Like you dumb jackholes watching 1913 <laughs> NFC South disasters. Like good for you. You're a real man. Enjoy that PBR and Tom Brady. <laughs> this shit was great. This was awesome. It's what college football is all about. Um, it was just great. It was great to watch. I'm excited for the final. Uh, Dan mentioned the two pick sixes for TCU. I heard a funny point on the radio. I don't know who it was, but uh, they were talking about that. And they said, you know, JJ McCarthy, it's what happens. You get a 19 year old kid, 19 year old kids, you know, they take chances. They, they throw picks. They're like Stetson Bennett's damn near 30. He, he's not throwing pick sixes in a national title game. So they're like, TCU can just come up with another strategy because he ain't doing that. And like, 
I, I honestly like almost had to pull over to the side of the road. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> He's damn near 30. Accurate. <laughs> so it's interesting. It's going to be a great game. Um, I mean, Dan, what do you, what do you think? I mean, first thoughts, kind of initial impressions, give us the line and, and kind of give us what your thoughts on the line. Sure. Uh, Georgia minus 12 and a half total thir- uh, 13, huh? 63. Um, Game had a look-ahead line last week of Georgia minus 16, but based on TCU beating Michigan and Georgia only winning by a point, uh, the line dropped to 13. A little bit of money is coming initially here on TCU to knock it down to 12 and a half. Total opened up at 62, has risen to 63. Um, first half, Georgia minus 7, total 31 and a half. Um, some team totals for you. Um, Georgia, 37 and a half. TCU, 24 and a half. Sounds about right. Um, in terms of the math, anyway. I'm not saying they're right, but uh, those are the lines. Um, look, I'm ready to make a pick, but before we do, I would like to give a shout out to uh, Mike Leach up in the heavens for the greatest cover of bowl season. I told everyone to bet Mississippi state. Um, I had them on the money line. So luckily, you know, they were able to ache that game out, but a lot of people who I work with went down to the casino and they bet Mississippi state minus three and a half or four. And, uh, they were all heavily invested. They all wagered way too much money. Um, and when I came back to work after being off for the holiday, they were like Mississippi state, like arms raised, like greatest ever. And I said, you know, I've been uh, agnostic for, uh, I don't know, or atheist, I'm not sure, whatever, for many years, but I believe uh, there might be a higher power. After I see stuff like that, it makes me actually think there might be an afterlife or God when you see a miracle touchdown to cover 1910. Um, just unbelievable. Like, it was so incredible. So everybody won on that because the line was Illinois minus one and a half a week ago and it closed Mississippi state minus four and a half. So Vegas got crushed and everyone else made money. So just a fitting end to the Mike Leach era. And, uh, and then also, you know, um, TCU, right. I mean, they're, they got some air raid pr- principles and Sunny Dykes, you know, worked with Mike Leach. So, Yet again, the leech uh, influence continues here. So just awesome stuff. And uh, what a great bowl season. And and we had Iowa-Kentucky, which was 21-0 in Tom's favorite game of the bowl season. The alt-under came in easily. Alt-under 23-and-a-half. No problem. Unbelievable. Uh-oh. Tom, can you muster up a few words for this? Yeah. Yes, I can. I have like five things. I'm going to shoot my whole wad here and then I'll be done. That was beautiful. I was third string quarterback who had never thrown a pass prior to that game ends up being better than the first two guys on the bench. Still not good, but better. Iowa with Cade McNamara, you, you all better watch out because if they have anyone who's even slightly sub average, they're going to be great. The Mike Leach thing was the greatest cover I've ever seen in my life surpassing that Ohio State Northwestern game from like 10 years ago. Truly amazing. I want to say one thing. Um, You might 
be about to bring this up, Dan, but even though I can barely talk this week, I was able to do a little editing and we've said a lot of things about TCU this week. And so as we transition before you make picks or analysis, you know, I know you were going to mention something about how we were on TCU early. I actually edited together a little segment, which I'll put in after the fact. What you're about to hear, listeners, Dan and Ryan will not hear this, but you already know what we said. Um, What you're about to hear, the first clip is from September 21st, I believe, and all the other clips are from October 3rd. So all of the things that you're about to hear in this 90-second clip are things that we said in the first five weeks of the season. So here it is. This is going to sound crazy. I think the fastest team I've seen the entire year has been TCU. They are electric and way underrated. I really like TCU minus a point and a half. Horn Frogs, underrated this year. I think TCU hammers Kansas in this game. TCU, I've been saying it for a couple weeks, is the fastest team I've seen in college football this year. They got speed on the on the field. Their head coach is killing it. I mean, they just look so good. I like TCU as well. TCU and the hook is the play. The kind of thing is they, they're just running the ball. Run, 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 run. But they also have a receiver who's probably going to be the number one receiver in the draft. That dude is a freak show. Like, he's going mm-hmm. top 10 in the NFL draft. You know I've been a fan of Kansas. They're my underdog team all year. So when I say I'm laying with TCU, it's uh, 100% because I think TCU is that good. I'm going to say this. I mean, Kansas is ranked 19th. That's probably correct or maybe a a few spots high. TCU is way too low. TCU is as good as like 8th ranked Tennessee. They've played as well as USC has, who's ranked now number 6, I believe. TCU to me is easily a top 10 team. And I'm going to lay this down here. I think they're going to win the Big 12. I think they've got an outside shot at a playoff. Are, you know, are they the Tinder team this year? I, I think, think they're. They t- I think they yes, are. I think they're the Tinder they team, are. is what I'm saying. It's very impressive. We're the we're the first people on TCU for real. Like they were supposed to finish last in the Big Twelve. Like a lot of people picked them last in the conference. I mean, because they were five and seven last year with the same team, just about. And they were like, "Well, we got a new coach. It's going to be a full, you know, rebuild, new system." No. No, national title game against Georgia in 48 hours, like, unfucking believable just incredible. So, anyway, great job, TCU. You've been an awesome team all year. I think it's time to make our pick for the game. You guys ready? All right, here we go. Um, okay, before... Before we make our picks, I want to give a little little bit of information and backstory, which I always like to do here. Um, Georgia, defending national champions, lost some talent last year. I don't think this Georgia team's as good as last year's Georgia team. Um, that being said, there's still a bunch of guys who are superstars and will continue to get even uh, more awesome over the next couple of years. TCU. It just has the heart of a champion. They've played in so many close games. They found ways to win. They lost one game in overtime. They got, you know, Michigan with a with with you know three and a half or four weeks to figure out a game plan. They still outcoached Harbaugh flat out. Um, speaking of coaching, I'm worried about Muschamp in Georgia. Uh, you would think the Georgia defense will shut down TCU, but but will. In his in his uh, pair of uh, 
$8 CVS readers glasses is very hard to trust. Um, okay, a couple other things. Michigan went three for 15 on third and fourth down. Michigan threw two pick sixes. Michigan screwed up a first and goal and were robbed of another touchdown and then fumbled at the one-yard line. Michigan probably should have scored 59 points. TCU probably should have scored in the mid-30s, but that's just not how it worked out. Georgia, um, Georgia got, frankly, very lucky to win that game. Ohio State outplayed them. They got unlucky when Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, a.k.a. the silencer, got injured and was out of the game. Um, C.J. Shroud threw ropes all over the field. He used his feet. Max Duggan will be able to use his feet, but he won't have the same velocity on the ball that C.J. Shroud had. So I give advantage to Georgia's secondary. I would love to pick TCU. I really would, but I can't do it. I think Georgia is pissed off because they realized they probably should have lost that game. I think everything went as well as it could have for TCU in the semifinal. I don't think TCU gets any pick sixes. I think Georgia might get a pick six, actually. I don't think Georgia's going three for 15 on uh, third and fourth down. I don't think they screw up at the one-yard line twice. I don't think they give up a 70-yard touchdown pass, even with Will Muschamp. This game feels like USC-Oklahoma, like 2005 to me. Uh, a powerhouse team playing against an, 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 uh, you know, a team from the middle of the country who's uh, made their way to the national title game. And that's not to discredit what TCU's done. But I think this gets ugly early. I think uh, Georgia blows them out. I'm going to say Georgia, 55, TCU, 20. I love the team total over 38.5 on Georgia. I love Georgia first half minus seven. I love Georgia minus 12.5. I don't like the total, actually. Even though I picked a high score, uh, this could be a, uh, a Georgia under hook, which we've seen before. Um, I feel if Georgia gets up on this game, TCU will start pressing. And when that happens, they're in trouble. Um, I could be wrong, been wrong before many times, um, but I just have a feeling that, uh, Georgia is going to crush them, um, come Monday night. We will see. Uh, all right, Ryan, your pick. Well, Dan, you, you started making my point for me and I appreciate that. Well. But then you veered, you veered a different direction and you stopped listening to your own advice because you started mentioning a certain hick who hangs out at Walgreens. And I'm, I'm sorry, Dan, I can't overlook it as the coaching guy for a decade, for a decade of take the point you got. I can't do it, Dan. I can't trust the hick. In a spot like this, I think he's going to get a little over out of control. I think he's going to try to get a little too exotic and he's going to bite him in the ass once or twice. I think that TCU does get a 70 yard or so touchdown, a 60 yard touchdown, something like that. Um, 
keep in mind, Georgia will be most likely without uh, Darnell Washington, the tight end. Um, I know they got a whole bunch of tight ends and he's not really their receiving guy, but he is crucial to their run game, which is what they are. That's their bread and butter. And he's basically an extra offensive lineman. So if he can go, that would help Georgia a lot, but I still don't think he's going to be, you know, at a hundred percent of what he does best, which is, you know, setting that edge on the run game. So and they can do a lot of like things with him, pulling him. If he can't go, if his ankle's banged up and he can't do some of those things, I think that limits Georgia's offense. And I think because of that, it gets into a little bit of a, a little bit of a shootout in the second half. I think I like Dan's call of Georgia first half. I do like Georgia in the first half, but I like TCU in the game and I like TCU to win this game outright. I'm going 33. 31 Dan I know you don't most people don't marry the tinder team but every now and again you go to reddit and you see those happy endings from a tinder story and every now and again there is a tinder story where the marriage works out and I'm going to go ahead and say this is the one time that the tinder team we brought her home for the holidays it worked out well she went and met Mr. Harbaugh passed that test flying colors i think this is i really do think this might be the the magical year i'm gonna go tcu 33 31 outright win let's do it tom tiebreaker tiebreaker and takes georgia in a route i take tcu on the money line Mm. it's it's amazing what do you got yeah i'm gonna have a pick that doesn't match either of yours so I agree with what Dan said about Georgia being the more talented, superior roster. Um, I think there's no doubt about that. And I guess you have to give Kirby Smart the head coaching edge, although I would say that's very close. Um, When you look at those great Alabama teams, the ones that won versus the ones that lost in the playoffs or the championship, a lot of it did fall to the assistant coaching you know, Lane Kiffin had amazing plans, whereas, you know, whatever Bill O'Brien or whoever was coaching in the years they lost, the, the assistants always weren't as great. So the Will Muschamp thing does matter, I think. Um, I am taking the points with TCU, uh, although I'm not as confident they're going to win outright. And here is why. First off, I'm done underestimating this team, even though we've, you know, you heard the clip. We've been on them all year everyone still kind of looks as them as, as like um, not in the same league as an SEC team, but their resume stacks up with anyone. And I'm just going to look at the body of work, um, both in the playoffs and the whole season. They played, I would say, a schedule that, you know, rivals Georgia's. I mean, they didn't have that, you know, big game against Tennessee, but, you know, Kansas State is really good. And, you know, they played a lot of challenging teams in the Big 12. They won them all except for the last game, which they barely lost on, you know, they could have won it easily in the playoffs. I know that Ohio state Stroud played the game of the year for him and that Michigan didn't play their best, but we saw Michigan's a better team than Ohio state. Georgia struggled and TCU dominated, even though the score ended up pretty close at the end. So they beat a better team in the semifinal. They did it more convincingly Georgia, let's be honest. I mean, Georgia should have lost that game. They did. 
Ohio State, even though they played near flawless, they did the one thing I hate the most besides the prevent defense, which is when you get in field goal range at the end of the game around the 30 and you don't try to push in closer when you just settle. That's terrible. I, I hate it. I can't stand it. And I knew they were going to miss that kick before they kicked it because of that. I, I mean, Stroud's having the game of his life. Why wouldn't they attack? You don't have to go for the touchdown, but you know, gain another 10, 15 yards if you can. So, um, you know, Georgia shouldn't even be in this game, but they are the reigning defending champ. They're not as good as they were last year. We keep underestimating TCU. Um, and then you look at strategic advantages. So Georgia's weakness is their secondary, as we talked about before last week's games. And Ohio State really exploited that. Now, C.J. Stroud, you know, played the game of his life, but Max Duggan's a Heisman finalist. And TCU has an unbelievable receiver we've talked about. It's going to be a top 10 draft pick, perhaps. There's a huge advantage for Johnson against that Georgia secondary. Huge advantage. And this is where, you know, marquee guys, you're like Anquan Boldens and your Peter Warwick's and star receivers like that can really make a mark in this type of game. And I think he can do it. They're going to get Miller back, it looks like, at running back, which is huge for TCU. Georgia, of course, missing their tight end. Um, I think TCU can keep it close and, you know, maybe even take an early lead by, um, number one, loading the box. Don't let Georgia run the ball. When it's an obvious passing situation, double Brock Bowers. Take away the two power parts of Georgia's attack, you know, McIntosh and Bowers. And make Stetson Bennett beat you with some of the um, smaller wide receivers and that. And if they do that, then, you know, so be it. Uh, and then the other way is just attack, attack, attack with Johnson. You know, take your moneymaker player and, you know, make him earn his money against um, a secondary, which is the weakness if Georgia has one. Uh, and then you can't plan this, but if TCU can get out in front like they did against Michigan, you can really mess up a team's game plan. Georgia is basically a better version of Michigan. So if they can get a lead, they can disrupt their plan. If Georgia gets up 14 0, like you say, Dan, and TCU is the one coming from behind, they're in, they're in trouble. But if they can get out to an early lead or if they can keep it close, if it's, you know, seven, six at the end of the first quarter, I think they're right in this game and that'll give them the momentum they need. So, and then, you know, Duggan has to run as well and use his feet. So between, you know, the heart of a champion, it's hard to picture this team getting blown out and the heart they've had throughout the season. And then those strategic advantages, I think they're good enough to keep it close. So I'm going to gladly take TCU plus 12 or 13, whatever it is. I'm with you. I don't like the total. I feel like it's slightly too high, but it's close enough where um, I'm not going to take a side on the total. Um, that's it. Prop bets. I like um, Kenny McIntosh receiving prop because I think they're going to try to load the box and stop him from running and he's going to get some screen passes. Uh, I like, I don't know what Brock Bowers is at, but he had a down game last week. And so if George is going to win, like you say, Dan, I think they're going to go to Bowers early and often. So I'd look at his receiving yard props and then I'll take a Johnson for uh, Quentin Johnson receiving yards, catches all the props on him. 
Oh, yeah, Tom. Love the Quinton Johnson props. I'm going to go ahead and give you his stat line. You ready for it? Here it comes. 12 catches, 164 and two. Mm-hmm. Let's freaking go. He's going like sixth in the draft. That's what I'm imagining too. Paid. Yeah. I, I'm imagining him having like paid more than 130, you know, 150 yards, something like that. Correct. All right. I've spoken about as much as I'm able to. Um, so usually we would wrap up the season with uh, awards and all that. We're going to push that to next week. Um, we're going to keep this just about the championship game, but um, Dan Ryan, anything else you want to say about this game, this season, anything that you feel is relevant to say this week? I'll talk about Hamlin for a second. <sighs> okay. That was absolutely horrific. Right. And you know, it, everyone was scared shitless on Monday night and into Tuesday and into Wednesday. And it looks like the kid's going to make a, a great recovery. He's communicating with teammates. And, you know, I wish him nothing but 100%. Like, I mean, as is everybody. And everyone's been a total class act about it. Um, it's just, you know, amazing news all weekend to see how he's recovering from that. And I just would like to point out that I was never scared because I knew he was from McKee's Rocks and played for Pitt football. And that's all you needed to know. And not to make a joke about this. But if he was from Charlotte and went to Wake Forest, I would have been terrified. Okay. But he is got the heart of a champion. He's from the Berg. He played for Nardog. And I knew he was going to pull through. So I wish him the best. I hope I see him on the field next year. I love how the charity, uh, he got millions of dollars for that and all the great stories you hear about him. And, uh, everyone has nothing but great things to say about the kid and uh, wish him the best. And yet again, Pit football somehow is involved in our life. It's just inevitable. Like, it, it, it is just inevitable. There's nothing we could do. There was one touchdown scored in the damn game before before the accident, and it's by a pit wide receiver, Tyler Boyd. It is. We've created this, and it, 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 it's it's never going to stop. So, looking forward to see what the pit football story is. Uh, next year but oh, um oh i've got it for you dan wish right, the best right. mr hamlin yeah let, i mean we're all rooting for hamlin i've never seen a story like that that was so tragic and then so galvanizing and then so positive like it's it's been a once in a lifetime thing and it's awesome i mean we're buffalo fans me and ryan are but um everyone like cincy fans chiefs fans today wearing hamlin shirts like everyone i've never seen something so universally positive from that. I must make a hard transition, Dan, you mentioned Nard dog as a uh, Jim Harbaugh gets in trouble and potentially goes pro now, even though he said uh, he did the, the thing I love, which is the R Kelly defense where they're like, will you be the Michigan coach next year? And he's like, if all, if I had my druthers being the Michigan coach sounds like an amazing feat and I would love to do that. It's like, just say yes, dude. Just say yeah, or the R. Kelly defense is when you just say no, but it's the the inverse of that. Like all you need to do is give a one word answer and he can't do it. So if he's gone, Dan, we can't let this wait for another week. Uh, you have told me that Nard Dog is a legitimate contender for this job. Sounds like a joke to me, but you say this is real. 
No, man, I've seen it uh, two different uh, Twitter accounts. Keep in mind, he was the defensive coordinator at Michigan State. He's been at Pitt since uh, 2014 at this point, so it's a long-tenured coach. Won 11-2 last year, won nine games this year with uh, all kinds of issues and players, you know, like, you know, no Addison, no Kenny Pickett, a lot of injuries this year, still wins nine games, just goes out and beats UCLA with, like, like their, like, fourth-string team found a way to beat them. Um, people like Nardog, and uh, he probably will beat Ohio State but lose to Indiana. But it'll be a very fun run if it happens. Ryan, any coaching news you want to give us before we wrap up? No, I mean, things have been, uh, you know, relatively quiet. Obviously, the Harbaugh stuff is is kind of the main story right now. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, love what, um, if you guys get a chance, go to YouTube. There's a... Uh, I can't remember. I should have wrote down the name of the the YouTube channel, but there's a YouTube channel that is basically just following Dion. Colorado. Uh, it's it's something like I don't know what it's called. Something me new new something new something media. I don't know, but it's amazing. Um, and he just walks around with a guy with an iPad, and he's just telling everyone what's going to change and what needs. You know, they go in the weight room. He's like, "Nah, all that's changing." I love it. Uh, I can't get enough Dion coverage. Love the Dion coverage. It's uh, the Pac-12 is back, baby. Can't wait. All right. With with that, we'll say goodbye for this week. We will be back. Oh, Dan's got a final thought. All right, Dan, take us I, home and, I, and close out the show for us. Go Frogs. I'm going to say something that you guys are not going to believe. I've been holding on to this story the entire year, but I have to tell you uh, a story. This is going to take a couple minutes, um, but I think you're going to like it. We we got time. Go for it. I've kept this one close to the vest. And at this point, I have no choice but to tell you guys the story. Tom, Ryan, Jesus, you guys are my closest friends in the whole world. And um, I wanted to do something really special for you guys this year. So I know that you guys care about your NFL team, the Buffalo Bills, more than anything else in the whole world. And we believe that the reason why the Bills have not won the Super Bowl is because of the X-Files episode. Smoking Man. Musings of the suit, Smoking Man. So here's what I did. I bought a Buffalo Bills hat on eBay. And I got a hold of William Davis, okay? And I wrote him a long letter, and I mailed it to Canada. I mailed him the hat and the letter to Canada. And I said, William Davis, I appreciate your acting on The X-Files. It's still our favorite show of all time. Here's the deal. My three best friends are obsessive Bills fans, and we really believe that you are the reason why the Bills have not won the Super Bowl. I said, I don't know if you follow American football, but – This team is incredibly good, and nothing would bring me more happiness than to watch my friends celebrate a Super Bowl championship this year. I said they've they've been good sports and cheered on me as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan for years and celebrated when I've seen multiple Super Bowls. And if you could just just tell me that the curse is over, I would really appreciate it more than anything in the world. Here's my address, and here's my email address. 
just any message would mean the world to me. So I go to the post office, I type the letter, I print it at work, I go to the UPS store, I get a tracking number, I get his address in Vancouver, I mail it to Vancouver in September, okay? I've waited four months for him to write back and give me something, and now that he hasn't, I couldn't help but to think with all the bill stuff in the past week that this cocksucker is yet again at the helm of ripping off the bills, where they're not going to get the one seed, player almost dies, and I'm like, it's like, and I couldn't tell you guys, I was like, it's the fucking cigarette smoking man, and he's behind this, and he planted a device on him, or did something, or he's at the commissioner's office going, I'll tell you what's going to happen, Kansas City's going to get the one seed, deal with that, and I just want to let you guys know that I tried so hard. And I still check my spam mail every day. I have my mail. I, I, I have an email every day from, from the post office where it shows the scans of what's getting delivered. I'm waiting for a letter. I look every day to see if there's a letter from William B. Davis. Nothing. Nothing for four months. He probably threw that hat and the letter in the garbage and gave me the finger. But uh, I tried, guys. I did my best. Yeah. I thought that was going to be a nice, like heartwarming story where he signed the hat. Like I really thought that was coming into something special and you were like going to mail us each out a hat. No, Tom, I tried. All right. It's been four months and the curse is not lifted and you will not get the one seed. And I just want to let you know to have some Pepto-Bismol by you over the next month, because it's going to be an interesting ride to the Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I, I, I've been hanging quickly. Um, this is a true story. Before the Bengals game, a few days before, I actually was thinking about this and I Googled, is William B. Davis still alive? Oh, he's alive. I can promise you. Uh, Actually, Ryan, you're breaking week, up. I you're breaking up. You, I Googled it too. I, I Googled it before the Cincy game. And, uh, I like actually was disappointed when I saw that he was, I mean, I, I hope he's alive and doing well, but I saw that I'm like, something's going to happen. I did the same thing, Tom. Is he on cameo? No, he's on nothing. He's in some shack in Vancouver. That's what he's doing. And all I wanted was a little email address or just email saying, thanks for the hat, Dan, go bills. And I just want to forward that to you guys more than anything in the whole world and be like, guys, we have permission. Enjoy the rest of your football season. The vibes would have been through the roof, through the roof. I thought that's so where figured, you were going and I was about to lose my shit. I figured, I figured there was no reason not to hold off based on what's transpired in the bills the last week where I had to be like, I'll tell you why this is all really going on. And now you know why. And there's nothing we can do. So, um, yeah, uh, I tried my best. I don't know what to do. So he's, he's, I might get on a plane. That, 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 you know what? I might have to fly to Vancouver and straighten this guy out. I have no choice. He's not an actor, is he? He like really is the smoking man. Yeah, I'm waiting for him to show up at my house, like smoking a cigarette. Like, haha! You thought you could, you could bribe me with that Buffalo Bills hat you bought on eBay? I'm like, I don't know. And and it was a winter hat because it's Canada, right? So I figured he would need something warm to keep him warm in Canada. And I mailed it in the fall. Like it was all there. It was a nice letter. I signed it. I gave him a business card. Nothing, oh my God, nothing dude. If all. I, if I had next to my, you can't see it just off camera, my 
autographed Andre Reed picture that I got at Camillus mall in like, I don't know, 87. If I could have hung a William B Davis autographed picture of him in a Buffalo bills hat, smoking a Morley that would have completed oh. the collection, but he, he, is, he truly is evil. I, I appreciate you trying. I really thought that was going to have a happy ending though. No, no happy ending. That's what makes it even better or worse. Bill, if the know. bills, if the bills make a super bowl, I will probably have to smoke an entire pack of Morley's to get through the day <laughs> in anticipation of a night Super Bowl. An entire pack of Morley's. Smart decision. Oh, man. Well, well, I thought, so yeah, I've been waiting every week this year for Take the Points, Vic. Is this the week where I get the letter and I get to be like, guys, I got the biggest announcement at the end of the show, but no. So we've made it through the whole year, I had to tell you, because at this point, I'm not feeling like anything's coming ever in the mail. I think that's it. That doesn't make me feel great, Dan, but no, (laughs) I had to tell you the truth. (laughs) Well, we appreciate it. Well, see you next week for the Zach Mills (laughs) award winner. (laughs) And, uh, the memorabilia segment and the mascot coach announcer, I think we're going to put RG3 in the announcer hall for fame. I think that might actually happen. 100%. He's going in. Player and commentator. Um, but yeah, next week will be fun. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the national championship game on Monday. Um, if you see a letter from William Davis forwarded to me in Tempe, and have a good night, everyone. I'm working on next month's Oscar nominations. Any preference? I couldn't care less. What I don't want to see is the Bills winning a Super Bowl. As long as I'm alive, that doesn't happen. Could be tough, sir. Buffalo wants it bad. So did the Soviets in 80. What, you saying you rigged the Olympic hockey game? What's the matter? Don't you believe in miracles?